Hello and welcome to today's podcast session. Um, we just want to have a quick look at um, IGCSE chemistry, um, the topic of acids and bases, and we'll do pretty much everything except um, in the syllabus except the um, preparation of salts and um, identification of ions. Um, that I'll cover in the next episode, and I will probably put it to be part of this acids and bases chapter, and you can easily access it. Now, um, what are you supposed to know for acids and bases? Let's quickly look at the definition of acids and the definition of a base. Now, an acid is any substance that donates H plus ions in water or when dissolved in water. So if you take any substance, you put it in water, it gives you an H plus, then it's an acid. A base is any substance that donates an OH minus ion in water. Um, please note that for both my definitions, I had the word water. So water is a keyword. And for acids, they donate H plus. And um, for bases, they donate OH minus. Now, um, that is the uh, definition. Now, let's look at the um, uh, reactions, some important reactions of acids and some important reactions of bases. Now, the very first re um, reaction you, you need to know is the reaction between um, acids and metals. Okay? Um, when you take an acid, you react it with the metal, you get a salt plus hydrogen. A salt here is just an ionic compound. So what happens is the hydrogen that was in the acid goes out and in its place, the metal is put there. So if, let's say we had hydrochloric acid, which is HCl. The H comes out, we remain with the Cl only, and it's a Cl minus. Then we'll add, let's say, sodium. Sodium to it. Sodium is Na. So in HCl, we take out the H, we remain with the Cl, and we add the, the metal, which is the Na, and it becomes NaCl. That's a salt. Sodium chloride. And what do we give off as a byproduct? Hydrogen. So acid plus base. Um, acid plus metal is salt plus hydrogen. Salt is just an ionic compound. Metal and non-metal. Now, the second thing or second bunch of reaction you need to know is the reaction between an acid um, and a base. Now, the bases that we talk about are either metal oxides or metal hydroxide. Metal oxide like um, uh, magnesium oxide, uh, sodium uh, oxide, whatever it is, and um, uh, metal hydroxides like sodium hydroxide, calcium hydroxide, all these are bases. So metal oxides and metal hydroxides are bases. Now these react with an acid to form a salt and water. So base plus acid is salt and plus water. Okay, that's a that's called a neutralization reaction. Base plus acid is salt plus water. And what are the bases? Metal oxides and metal hydroxide. Now the 
the, the, the third reaction of acid that you need to know is the reaction between an acid and a carbonate. Now, an acid plus carbonate, you will get carbon dioxide, a salt, uh, a salt, carbon dioxide, and water. Um, so here, you are now getting carbon dioxide also. On top of the ones that you are already getting, you are now also getting carbon dioxide. So remember, acid plus carbonate is salt, carbon dioxide, water. So these are the, uh, the acid reactions that you need to know. Now let's look at some reactions of bases. Now, bases, um, um, they react with acids. Um, we've already talked about the acid-base reaction, but for bases, the two reactions, one is the reaction between a base and an acid, um, and we say it, it's salt plus water. And the salt um, here, uh, we said it was just a, an ionic compound. So acid plus base is salt plus water. Now, second reaction of bases that you need to know is the reaction between a base and an ammonium salt. Ammonium um, has NH4+. So when a base reacts with an ammonium salt, you get ammonia, water, and a salt, which is an ionic compound. So um, ammonium salts like ammonium chloride, that's NH4Cl, um, because ammonium ion is NH4+. So ammonium chloride is NH4Cl. If it reacts with the base, say sodium hydroxide, you get ammonia, NH3, a salt, in this case it would be sodium chloride, NaCl, and water, H2O. So um, base plus ammonium salt, you get ammonia, a salt, and water. Now this is actually the reaction that they use when you want to um, um, test if a solution has an ammonium ion, an NH4+. If you want to find out, does this solution I'm dealing with have an NH4 plus? You know what you do? Um, you add a base, then you warm up the, the solution where you put your alkali rather, uh, or base. And then what happens is that um, we know that when a base meets an ammonium salt, we're going to get ammonia gas. So you then, after mixing, after adding your base, you take damp red litmus paper and you put it um, over the reaction vessel um, because the test for ammonia gas is you take a damp red litmus paper and ammonia turns it blue if you remember from uh, okay i hadn't talked about it um, acids or yes acids turn blue litmus paper red um, alkalis turn red litmus paper blue an alkali means a soluble base. So ammonia gas is an alkali. So what it do is, when we want to test for ammonia gas, we know that it turns red litmus paper blue, but ammonia needs the litmus paper to be damp, water to be there so that it can react, um, so that it can dissolve in the water then react with the litmus paper. So what happens is, when we want to test for ammonium ions, we put our damp, red litmus paper and it's going to be turned blue because ammonia gas is being produced remember we said ammonium salt plus base we get ammonia gas a salt and water 
So remember that reaction. Okay, so now um, let's just look at how you find out if something is an acid or if something is a base. Now, we have what we call a pH range. A pH range is what we generally use to know if something is an acid or a base. Acids have a pH of 0 to 6. So the pH scale is from 0 to 14. And acids um, have a pH range from 0 to 6. Um, if something has a pH range of 7, exactly 7, then that means it's neutral. It's not acidic. It's not basic. If something has a pH of 8 to 14, then it becomes a base. So remember that, that we can use the pH test for us to know if um, something is an acid or a base. So what actually happens is we have something called a universal indicator. Now, an indicator is something um, that you put into a solution. And it will give a certain color um, depending on the acidity or basicity of the solution or alkalinity rather. So if a solution is acidic, you, you, an indicator turns a certain color. If a solution is alkaline, in other words, you have a soluble base. Remember, alkaline means soluble base, a base that dissolves in water. So if your base is dissolved in water to make a solution that is alkaline, if you add an indicator, it turns a certain color. So now, what is happening is this. If we have what we call a universal indicator, it makes several different colors for different pH values. Um, it is very, very, it is a very strong red color, closer to maroon. If, if something has an as, as, um, a pH of zero or one and two, and then as you go up, the acidity gets weaker. So, Really strong acids are the ones that have pH 0, 1, 2. As you start going towards the neutral value, they'll be getting weaker, right? So, and the universal indicator will be going from red to yellow. And then when it gets neutral, it becomes green. So we can use a universal indicator to kind of guess the pH of something, okay? Now, when you pass 7 and start going 8, 9, 10, it starts going from green you start seeing it turning into blue, then a strong purple. So basically, red means something is acidic. Blue means something is alkaline, okay? Um, you see it across several different other tests that red is normally for acids and blue is alkaline. Now, that is for the universal indicator. So a universal indicator can help us know the pH of a solution. It tells us two things. One, if something is an acid or not. Two, the approximate value of the pH. Because remember, it has several different colors. Red, orange, yellow for acids. And then it goes green when it's now neutral. And then from green, it will go light green into blue, then into purple. And um, that is what happens if we are having a, a universal indicator. Now. That is one way of finding the pH of a solution. The other way of finding the pH value of a solution is by using probes. Probes are more uh, exact. Okay, you're going to meet probes maybe in bio when you're dealing with a fermenter um, in, 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 in biotechnology. And they'll be using probes to monitor the pH of uh, the culture of some solution. So now... 
Well, the second way of finding pH is by using a probe. A probe is more exact. It will tell you the exact pH of something. And you know that if something has a pH of 0 to 7 to 6, it's an acid. 7, it's neutral. 8 to 14, it's a base. Okay. Now, the other indicator that you need to know doesn't actually tell us the pH value. It just tells us, is it an acid or is it a base? And that is metal orange indicator. Metal orange indicator is added to a solution. So now, please, here, for our indicators they work with alkalis they can't work with bases um, uh, that are insoluble they work with only the alkalis so indicators are for alkalis that are soluble bases because we put them in solution and then they go as they go a certain color now if we take metal orange indicator and we add it to a solution that has an acid that is acidic uh, um, your you and we said now this is metal orange if we take a metal orange, so yes, we have the indicators. I can just outline them. We have metal orange indicator. We have litmus paper. Okay, it's an indicator. We can use what we call a litmus paper, and it can help us to know the if something is acidic or if something is not. Right. So we have metal orange indicator, and then we have litmus paper. Now. If we take litmus paper, I can start with it. Sorry for st stopping in the way. Litmus paper, it's, if we have a blue litmus paper, we mix it with an acid, it goes red. Um, if we have a red litmus paper, we put it in an acid, it stays red. So remember I said red means acid. Now, if we take a blue litmus paper in an acid, it goes red. But if we take a blue litmus paper in an alkaline solution, it stays blue. Uh, on the other hand, if we take a, uh, a red litmus paper, we mix it with an alkaline, it will go blue. Because, remember, blue means something is alkaline. So blue is for bases and red is for acids. So that is the litmus paper test. It's very, very important and very, very common. It's actually the more uh, common one of the... Uh, tests. Now, the other thing that you, you want to know is what happens when I take a methyl orange indicator? If I take a methyl orange indicator and I'm going to put it in my acidic solution, what color is it going to go? Okay, so what color is it going to go? In acids, methyl orange turns red uh, because remember, red is acidic. But here now, Here's the thing. The difference is in bases, it does not go blue or in alkalis. It actually stays, it turns yellow. So in alkalis, it, it will be yellow and also it will be yellow in neutral. So it's, uh, uh, methyl orange is actually not good for taste, for testing if, um, something is an alkaline because it's yellow for neutral and it's yellow for alkaline solutions. So, yes, but for acids, methyl orange is red. So, instead, we can't use methyl orange to test for alkalis because we will not actually know is the solution alkali or neutral because for both it will be yellow. But if we take a second type of an indicator that we haven't looked at called phenolphthalein, phenolphthalein, um, it's P-H-E-N-O-P-H-T-H-A-L-E-I-N, something like that, phenolphthalein indicator now that 
is colorless in acids so it doesn't work for acids this time but it works it works for um uh, alkali solu alkaline solutions because if you put it in an alkaline solution it goes pink um if you put it in a neutral solution it stays colorless but in an alkaline solution it goes pink so that is how we we can check now um the first thing i want to look at or something else i want to look at is how do you know if something is a strong acid uh uh, or something is a weak acid and how do you represent it okay since we looked at the universal indicator and we said it would be those red colors for strong acids uh, and it goes orange then yellow as you are going to weaker acid right now the question is what is it that helps us know if something is a strong acid what is a strong acid now a strong acid is an acid that what fully ionizes in water okay so in other words, all the H plus ions that were in the acid will be donated to the water solution. And that is what we call a strong acid. It does not depend on the concentration. No, it depends on ionization or dissociation. In other words, how much does the acid break up, split up, or how much does it yes, split up to donate H plus ions in this, into the solution? If it gives all each H plus its H plus ions, then it's a strong acid. So we use the word ionizing. Strong acids completely ionize in water or fully ionize. Weak acids only partially ionize in water. Now, um, uh, that is when you need to know for strong and weak acids. That's only that's all you need to know just for the strong and weak acids. Now, what are strong examples of strong acids? They are the inorganic acids like. Um, you have your nitric acid, hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid. Those are strong acids. Weak acids are like those ones you see in organic chemistry. Um, the one you're going to be dealing with that ones that we called carboxylic acid. Those are weak acids. An example is ethanoic acid. Um, weak acids are most of them are edible. Ethanoic acid, we eat it, we put it in our fries or anything. Is we call it vinegar. So ethanoic acid is the vinegar. And uh, another weak acid is citric acid, the one that's found in fruits. Um, it's an inorganic acid, but it's weak. It's the, probably the only weak inorganic acid. It's citric acid. We can eat it. It doesn't harm us, but we can't take strong acids and eat. They can do harm to us, right? Um, so how do you represent them? When you're, when you're writing an equation of the ionization of a strong acid, you put in a direct arrow, but if a single arrow, but if you are um, representing a weak acid, then you, you remember the equilibrium sign where you have two arrows, one um, reversible reaction arrows, those ones. That, that those are the ones you use for representing weak acids because they only partially ionize. The reaction goes back and forth some H plus ions actually remain in the acid. They don't go into water. So in actual fact, most of them re remain in the acid. Only a few H plus ions go into the water. So yes, so that is a weak acid. And a strong acid is the one that completely ionizes. A weak acid only partially ionizes. Okay? So what should you, what is the last thing that I need you to take home with you? Is that um, is this simple definition for acids? The other definition is um, that 
You remember I said an acid donates H plus ions. Now what are H plus ions? Um, hydrogen, if you look at your periodic table, hydrogen has an atomic number of 1 and a relative atomic mass of 1. Why so? Because hydrogen is the only atom on your periodic table that does not have a neutron. Um, it does not have a neutron. Hydro hydrogen only has a proton and electron and an electron. So it has one proton and one electron. Right, that's a hydrogen. Now, what happens is this. Hydrogen, for it to become an H plus ion, that means it loses an electron and it will remain as H plus. Now, remember we said it only had one proton and one electron. Now, it has lost that electron and it has only remained with one proton. So, in actual fact, an H plus ion, we can just call it a proton. So, the other definition for acid, for acids is a substance that donates protons. A proton donor to donate. A proton donor. A base, instead of saying it donates OH minus. No, we say it is a proton acceptor because a base, um, who actually accept the H plus ion and combine it there to form um, something, so to form water. Now, so our base bases are proton. Uh, the acids are proton donors, and base is a proton acceptor. Okay. Now, um, what you also need to know is the uh, the importance of this thing of acids and bases when it comes to soil. Um, Soil, plants in the soil have a pH range that they like from like 5 to 8. That is the pH range that plants um, do, do good in because they don't like the soil to be too acidic or too alkaline or basic. Now remember, um, I don't remember if I stated, I probably didn't, that strong bases have high values of pH. Remember, bases are from 8 to 14. Now, as you go to 12, 13, 14, those are the strongest bases. But the strongest acids have very low pH. So the further you are away from the neutral point, the stronger you are. Strong acids are very far away from neutral points. That means they are very low values. 0, 1, um, yeah, 0, 1, 2. And bases, strong ones, have very high pH values. That is like 12, 13, and 14. Now, if we want to control the acidity of the soil. It's very important because plants need a pH range of 5 to 8. That is the pH range that they thrive in. So what happens is it is very important for you to control that pH. Um, now, sometimes it can get too acidic, the pH, to fall to low values, like 3 or 2. So what? how do we fix that uh, uh, mishap? What we do is we add a base to the soil to neutralize it. Now, remember we said that metal oxides are bases and metal hydroxides are also bases. So we can add a metal oxide or we can add a metal hydroxide. Um, metal effect, carbonates are also can be categorized as bases. So, um, uh, we can also add a metal carbonate. Now they are all bases. So what are the, what is the one that we actually add? We add calcium's um, 
oxide, hydroxide, and carbonate, okay? Calcium carbonate is limestone. So what we do, because it's, in it's insoluble, it's a stone, we crush it, and then we can add it to the soil. It will react and neutralize, okay? Calcium hydroxide is called slaked lime, slaked lime. Um, it's, and then calcium oxide is the lime. So we can either add lime or we can add slaked lime or we can add limestone. Limestone, calcium carbonate, slaked lime, calcium hydroxide, and um, lime is calcium oxide. So we can add that to the solution and it will neutralize the acidic soil. Okay, if the soil gets too acidic. But we have to add controlled amounts because if we add too much, then it can get too alkaline. And remember, the plants need a pH of 5 to 8. So if it gets too alkaline or too acidic, what happens is it hinders the growth of the plant and you have a lower yield. So you don't get as much grain as you were supposed to get. Right. So, yes, that is the, the idea behind controlling the acidity of the soil. Now, last thing I wanted you to know is the types of oxides, and then the rest we do in the next session. Now, the types of oxides, um, we use, um, we, we split them into two using, um, is it a metal oxide or is it a non-metal oxide, right? Metal oxides, you remember from what we were saying all the time, that metal oxides and metal hydroxide are bases. So metal oxides are basic. They are generally basic. If you find a metal oxide, you can expect it to behave as a base. Um, Non-metal oxides are mostly acidic. Some may be neutral, like um, the oxide for hydrogen is water. Water is neutral. Remember H2O? It's an oxide for hydrogen, um, and it's actually neutral. So non-metal oxides can be neutral, or they can be acidic. But metal oxides are basic, okay? Uh, so yes, that is for uh, metal oxides. Now, one more thing you have to know is that you can find this word called amphoteric oxide. When we say an amphoteric oxide, this is an oxide that behaves both as an acid and as a base and it's it's just zinc and aluminium those are the guys that form oxides that are amphoteric so zinc oxide is amphoteric aluminium oxide it's also amphoteric that means it can behave as an acid it can behave as a base you can see it behaving as a base um, and that means it will react with an acid and produce salt and water or you can see it reacting as an acid. That means, behaving as an acid, that means it will react with a base to form a salt and water. So they are amphoteric, they can act like both. So remember, um, we have basic oxides, we have um, acidic oxides, we have neutral oxides, and we have amphoteric oxides. Neutral oxides don't act as acids, they don't act as bases. They don't react with anything. They're yeah, just somewhere in between the line. Okay? So, yes, thanks for listening. Um, see you soon. Catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye.